Hello, and welcome to another edition of the 16-Ounce Canvas, the art of craft beer podcast. I'm AJ. I'm your host here each and every week, graciously introducing you to the artists from around the world, worldwide, who help bring your favorite beers and breweries to life. It's that simple, folks. Each week, we speak with different artists from around the world, which is really cool to say that. Now we can say that from around the world. We learn about their process, how they came to team out with the brewery or breweries, and just kind of see where it goes. We have a shell of some questions that we ask, but usually the conversation steers itself in different directions and we go down different paths. And it's really nice to learn more about these individuals, learn about their processes, and just see what they're up to. So on this week's uh, episode, we feature Tim Botchett. That's Tim Botchett. Uh, we came to learn of Tim through the work that he does with Side Project. Uh, Tim is a photographer. He's really uh, works with, with topography. And one of the really cool things that he does with Side Project Brewing is kind of the simplicity and the beauty of those. They're really uh, strong and you know fluid font type that he uses. You know, we talk about the type of paper and the, the printing and the process and how he comes to bring those you know bring those to print and so it was really nice to speak with him it was a different style of interview than we've done before and it was really really enjoyable I, I do wish you know that getting side project was a little easier but um, you know that does come with the, the territory we are beer agnostic but I have had some side project beer and it is incredible so this is episode number 27, 27, and we're just having a great time. As we talked about last week, we have our doodle or die. We're doing that with Robbie Davis, uh, hashtag 16OZ doodle or die. No artists were harmed in the making of this doodle contest. So check that out on Instagram, or you can go to 16 ozdoodleordiecom and that'll redirect us to all the, the great art out there. And if you're one of the artists who's taking the time to do one or many of the doodles words of the day thank you it's really great to see it's really great to see folks come out of their comfort zone i know i've been trying I'm a couple days behind but i will definitely uh finish up strong so again 16 ounce canvas we have our website 16ozcanvas.com you can check us out via facebook instagram and twitter just search for 16oz canvas and that's where you'll find us so like I said, this week's artist, we feature Tim Botchin. You can check his website out at timbotchin.com. That's Tim, his name, last name Botchin, B-O-T-T-C-H-E-N. And then you can find him on uh, Instagram as well. And then if you haven't heard of Side Project, then I uh, would love to introduce you to them, sideprojectbrewing.com. You can go over there and learn more about the work that Karen and Corey are doing. And you can see all the beautiful work that... Uh, Tim does with them. So, without further ado, I introduce to you the one, the only Tim Botchin, right here, episode number 27 of the 16 ounce canvas. That's right, folks. Say it with me now the Art of Craft Beer podcast. Hello, and welcome to another edition of the 16 ounce canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. Really excited to have with us today Tim Botchin. Checking in with us via St. Louis, Missouri. 
And we came to learn of Tim through his photography and work that he's been doing with uh, Side Project Brewing. And uh, thank you so much for uh, making the time to join us today, Tim. Thank you, AJ. Pleasure. Awesome. So, yeah, Tim and I have been uh, email tagging, you know, back and forth for a while. And as I was telling uh, Tim earlier off the air, um, is that, yeah, Tim's one of, you know, we've had um, actually had another Tim from uh, Tim Oxen from Night Shift. But I guess that the Tim's are our photography uh, focus. And, you know, early on, you know, we really love the the work that you're doing with, you know, Side Project. I think that labels are really simple and, and beautiful. And I also think that part of that and the elegance and the 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 time that goes into those beers, I think that you do a really great job of representing that elegance with the photography. So I just wanted to, you know, thank you for that and really just kind of, you know, that's, that, 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 that's what drew me to, you know, trying to track you down. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a big part that goes into the design is trying to get um, uh, sort of a simplistic elegance to it that can sort of match the beer. And then, um, yeah, our photography, we just kind of try and uh, try and uh, showcase the beer itself and not get too crazy with it um, and let that uh, label and hopefully the uh, true essence of the beer come through. Yeah, and one of the one of the things we're beer agnostic, and the the beers I have had from Side Project have been amazing. Unfortunately, uh, when I say unfortunately for me, they're just uh, extremely difficult to to get a hold of. And I, I do love my my usually have to give up your firstborn to get some Side Project. So I do I do love my son too much, as we were just talking about to to be, to make that deal. But um, I've, I've met some kind folks, and the, the the beer speaks for itself. It's incredible. Yeah, I've heard that quite uh, quite a few times and usually whenever I do get into conversations with people that's usually the second or third thing they bring up is how do they get some side project beer so uh, it's funny I'm, I'm not really a beer trader um, I am learning so much more about the beer being this close to it uh, especially with some other great breweries in St. Louis uh, but it's it's always interesting hearing that from different parts of the country and frankly, different parts of the world of how people come to uh, taste side product and enjoy their beers. Yeah, it's I mean, that's kind of how I got started. This whole thing was the beer trading. But the more I've done it, I, while I enjoy it, it just kind of becomes it becomes a lot of work. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, it's just like try, it, it's it's great because I think that it allows people to learn about different beers and stuff like that. But it just becomes it just becomes a lot, you know, just li- logistically even just uh, i look around my house and i have this obscene amount of like mailers and styrofoam sure. and other nonsense that i just don't you know my kids get into it every once in a while so that's kind of fun it's like the pop the bubble wrap and stuff like that but <laughs> other than that i don't know i've definitely weaned off it in the last like six months it just it's not that i don't enjoy the beer it's just like i don't know i, I get a little burn i get a little burnout you know at the end of the day i'm gonna come home and like make like a little makeshift like packing center in your house it just becomes really crazy <laughs> right I could see where that would become work. Yeah, exactly. It's beer. And so you're kind yeah. of just like, uh, you know, like I can go, I mean, I'll try, I'll drive like, you know, say I'll drive an hour to a beer brewery and get the fill up or something like that. And I'm like, okay, I'd rather do that than like, you know, have to like negotiate and then like, what's the, you know, like the NASDAQ weight of this beer versus <laughs> that. And it's just, it's just, you know, like, you know, I don't know. It's, it's, it's hilarious in and of itself. Cause I, my wife has finally come to a point where I think she just kind of has given up on, 
the ridiculousness of it. And now I'm not doing it as much. So I, I don't know if I, I cracked that case and now I'm like, eh, all right, I'll, I'll get back to it eventually, I guess. Sure. Yeah. That's what I say. I, I guess I'm, um, I am humbled to be this close to it and get to experience a lot of great beer. Um, but it's just, it's always fascinating when I get to go, like if I go to the cellar and there's some big release that's going on or at the brewery and you just kind of sit down and have a beer and meet some other people. And a lot of people are traveling and a lot of people are traveling for other people and uh, they're making trips to come and taste some of the beer. And it's, it's really cool to hear those stories. Yeah. I, that, that's my favorite part of it is the communal aspect of it. And so that's why. You know, I do enjoy that, you know, going into the cellar, which is just a cooler way of saying like a a, a place in my basement, you know, next to the, you know, <laughs> you know, like when I like, I've come to learn, I can say like, when I do this, I say a oh, we, and it's really just me, but since I do so much stuff, yeah. I say we, and then I say a cellar and people are like, oh, wow. I'm like, no, it's just like a, it's just like a metal, <laughs> you know, a metal shelving that I got at like Home Depot, you know, in, in the corner of the base, my basement next to the treadmill, but like, you know. So, yeah. <laughs> it sounds much cooler. Hey, it's a seller to you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, it's, I mean, it's literal. I'm definitely not like mis, miscon, uh, misconceptions. But uh, back to you now. If you head to Tim's website, uh, Tim Botchen, uh, T I M, and then the, the T's are silent, B O double T C H E N dot com. We'll have everything up on the website and all over social. But there's just some great photos there, especially. I love them. Yeah, I love the Ava Brothers. So to load Tim's page and you see uh, you know, a great photo of of the Avits there and then, then Mumford and Sons. So those are two concerts I've seen, uh, and I've seen Avits numerous times. So that was just kind of, Oh, that, cool. That was just warming to, to see that. Yeah. I gotta say, uh, I haven't updated my site in quite some time, but, um, yeah, I, w- I was very heavy in the concert photography, uh, for quite some time. So that was just, um, those were the last two shows that I shot. And, uh, that's kind of another outlet that I try to do, um i've always been a big music lover so once i got into being able to shoot shows that i was going to anyway uh it's it's really um it's really a great time and it's a huge rush to be able to get that close and shoot some of your your favorite bands uh but yeah then i have a whole section that has a lot of beer photography on there um that and it mostly is side projects yeah yeah i i one of the other things I've learned is that the the busier the artist, the the last updated, you know, is further, <laughs> is further and further apart. And I always, I think it's, I see it yeah, as, a, I see it as a good yeah. sign. And it's like, because every right. time I mention, like, I'm trying to promote you, so I mentioned the website, and it's always like, oh, I haven't updated that in like nine months. And it's like, all right, well, you know, <laughs> it's cool. Like, we'll get, you know, yeah. I mean, I think probably the best way to see your most recent photography or kind of just like in your moment is your Instagram, which is, uh, be slow. So, uh, bees like the B B E E S L O. Um, and that's probably the best way to, to, to follow kind of along with Tim in real time, but which is another great, um, you know, insight into that. And I do, I do, I do love that, uh, look at things and I, I do appreciate it. So that's great. Oh, thank you. Yeah. That's kind of a fun little, uh, day to day thing. Um, and I also tell people that like, um, if you go to sideproject.com, like our sideprojectbrewing.com, so the brewery's website, the, all of that photography and all that label work is all stuff that we've done um, together with the brewery, and it's that is more up to date, definitely than anything else that I work on. 
Right. Right. Exactly. Because you're 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 yeah. they're they're busier than ever, and so in turn, when you're the you know the the photography label website guy, you know definitely you don't uh, you don't have much time to to, to you know build your own stuff up. You know, art formerly the art director over there, which is great. Yeah, yeah. You got to keep uh, got to keep the clients up to date more so than yourself. That's right. Sure. Yeah. Exactly. And if you don't have yeah. any clients, then like I always say, like. If you're if you're doing daily updates, like oh we just dealt you know the website or you know new layouts every couple of months, it's like uh, you might need a, you have a little too much free time in your hands there. You should get, <laughs> you should get back to the grind. Now, can you give us kind of the the Tim Botchin elevator or like the the story, like how you got into you know art and photography? You know, kind of you know a little montage. Yeah, going, going back. That's uh, always been since I was a kid. I was always drawing and coloring and painting and all that as a little kid. Never really, uh, it seems like everyone does when they're really small and some of it just falls to the wayside for others. And it just never did for me. So my parents always saw that and always kept me involved in the arts um, and outside art classes, uh, sort of develop those skills. Uh, that was my focus when I went to high school, when I went to college. Um, I went for a degree in uh, graphic design or bachelor in fine arts, uh, emphasis in graphic design. Um, and even as a young kid, even through grade school and high school, I always had a camera with me. My dad, um, is really the one that taught me the love for photography. He always had a great camera and he was always shooting. Uh, I have three siblings, so he was always taking photos of all of us. And so I think I got my first 35 millimeter when I was maybe 12 or 13 years old, uh, always did disposables and then jumped into digital. And so in college, I was learning illustration and graphic design and also taking photography classes. So uh, that's actually when I met Corey um, was in college. So we became great friends and we've been best buds ever since. So once we got out of college, he started homebrewing, and uh, I went into advertising, worked as an art director for probably a good decade, always did more and more photography with that role, and then um, just over the last couple of years, I kind of switched to full-time with photography, and, um, you know, Corey started homebrewing, and it was funny, we only lived a couple blocks from each other, and we'd, he'd do homebrew days, and then we'd be tasting these other kind of craft beers that were coming out. This is, geez, over, over 10, 12 years ago. And so he, whenever he started building his brand and doing his own thing through Perennial, you know, I jumped on board with him and started doing his branding with him. And then as more and more beers started coming, more label design, more photography, and then obviously he went out on his own, started building his brewery and uh, their tasting room. So that kind of, brings us up to date in a nutshell i think excellent now you you worked with him at perennial also uh yeah so he was essentially like a, a gypsy brewer at perennial if i'm getting all my terminology right in the brewery realm uh so he started doing he started brewing his own beers at perennial uh on the side and so those kept getting bigger and bigger. And then it got to where he shifted all his focus to side project and eventually left Perennial and built his own brewery and tasting room. So um, 
Karen runs the tasting room. She got that going a few years ago, and then the brewery just opened up. They're coming up on a year now. Oh wow, it's it's that's crazy. The the rise it's such a short lived experience there. Right, yeah, but you know he's been releasing beers for however like three or four years now. So all of the label design and photography was all kind of happening quickly um, as he was growing while he was still brewing um, at Perennial. Awesome. Now, yeah. now, you, what is your the process? What is your process from for making the labels? Uh, you know, how do you how do you design them? Yeah, so. Whenever we started, um, like I said, I, so I have a heavy background in brand building, as you'd say. So uh, working as an art director, I worked on large global brands and big campaigns. And so I kind of saw things that how these larger brands operate, especially at packaged goods. So I kind of brought some of that knowledge in with Corey when he started brewing so we kind of segmented some things out so we had certain beers that were going to so everything's aged in oak under the side project brand so there's certain lines that were in wine barrels and there were certain lines that were in whiskey barrels you know the wine barrels were more of the lighter saisons and then he had heavier stouts and um, porters and all that that are in more of the whiskey barrels and the spirit barrels so I was thinking it as lines of products. So if, we're, if it's going to be going this route, then we'll have this look and feel to the label. And if it's going to go this route, then we'll have this darker sort of heavier look and feel to the stouts. Um, and then, so that's how I, st I tried to just start building these lines and they've been working pretty well. So he does so much blending that uh, now um, some of the lines are blending themselves. Uh, but yeah, so I would kind of try and figure out his background for the beer. What kind of beer is he brewing? What is he doing with it? Sometimes we get to taste it along the way. Uh, does it have any fruits to it? Does it have any certain backgrounds to it? Are we trying to, um, um, you know, give homage to a certain old style beer? So there was a lot of thing that a lot of things that went into the research, and then that's when I would actually sit down and start sketching and start um, designing uh, to get into one of those um, certain lines. So from there, that's when I would start putting together some options. Then him and I would bounce them back and forth. Um, there's a lot of heavy illustration and lettering that goes on with some of his beers. So that sort of takes some time. But once it all comes together, uh, we've gotten down a pretty good process now that he kind of knows. he. I can always know where I'm wanting to go with it and he's learning more and more about what he wants and we're just getting more and more aligned on what the label should look like for the beer that he's producing. Excellent. Now the the Missouri Wild Ales with the the fruits on there. Are those are those yeah. drawn or those photo photographs obviously with your your mixed media uh, I was just yeah I, was so curious. It, I actually get that question a lot so it's sort of a combination of both so we have shot quite a bit of fruit and what I do is I usually um, photograph and style the fruit in a certain way we photograph it and then there's a little bit of um, a little bit of Photoshop work that goes on there and what we're doing is we're just kind of uh, 
adding a little bit of illustrative quality to it. And that was kind of the, the thought was in the very beginnings, like, should we try drawing these out or, so then I just started messing with photographing them and then adding a little bit of illustrative quality to them, to the edit. And being that they're so small there on the label, um, it's, it's kind of fun because it's just a nice little shot of that fruit that is, um, on the inside of the beer is just exploding with that fruit, but on the outside, we just have that little one photograph of it that has a little illustrative quality to it. Um, but yeah, it, to answer your question, yeah, it's a little bit of both, a little bit of sketching and drawing on top of a photograph. Yeah, I think that, yeah, I, I understand what you're going for conceptually there, and I think it really, it really works because it definitely, it's blurred, you know. They're very clear, but you know what I mean? Like, they're very, it's a, it's, it, it sure. Stands out yeah, on its and own. I that's why I get that question often as people are trying to figure out how it was actually done. Yeah, they're, they're I think they're, I, I, the simplicity is is something I really love, and especially even just the you know with the a lot of the empty space on the label, it doesn't for a beer that's so uh, delicate and takes so much time to to make. You know, it's really just kind of it's really nice to see that you know how it just stands there and just kind of pops and it's yeah it's really nice yeah yeah it's fun and now he's getting into some magnums and so it's funny because now we're getting bigger and bigger with those photographs and illustrations so i gotta double check on my details when we go that big <laughs> oh yeah right how i think they're scalable yeah right you're like i made this perfect for this size what are you doing <laughs> right like damn it Corey, you're making magnums now <laughs> yeah Excellent. Now, did you design the, the light bulb logo? Was that, did you do that? Yeah. Yeah. So that was, uh, that was a lot of fun. Um, like I said, the, whenever he started his side project, like he was literally him and Karen would refer to it as side project. And we were talking about what he wanted to name the actual brewery. And we played around with a bunch of different names and, you know, he's been, he, everything was working in barrels and all of this oak aging and you know a lot of that has to be in dark areas and so we were just playing around with a lot of different things and uh i believe the cellar so the cellar is the name of their tasting room that opened before the brewery so it's called the side project cellar and uh, it's a quaint little tasting room that's just a couple blocks from the brewery and so that was actually i think we dabbled with that as the name of the brewery too at one point and the light bulb was always this essence that Corey had in his mind. So I was trying to draw out what he had in his mind about his brand. And I was trying to bring that to life on paper. So it's fun to go back and look at my sketchbooks where, geez, that it's going back. I don't know, maybe six, seven years now. And it's got all these little handwriting notes of him and I talking over beers and little sketches of, light bulbs and doors and lettering and all that kind of stuff so it's it's fun to go back and look at that stuff yeah especially the fact that you guys are close friends and been been for so long it's nice that you're able to bring his vision to life you know visually and, and him also allow you to kind of steer that with your your brand identification and your your branding you know skill set so it's really complimentary yeah, and that, I mean, that's a big challenge for all creatives. I feel like everyone is trying to bring to life what their clients have in their head. Um, and, you 
know, that the more you listen and the more you are in tune with that person and that client, the easier it is to bring those, those ideas to life. And, um, you know, a lot of times they're like, wow, I can't believe you did this. Like, well, we're just kind of working off of what you had, you know? So we're just bringing to life what they had in their heads. So now do you find it's, easier or more difficult because of like how close you guys are probably now it's much better but early on was it was a little more butting heads because of the comfort level versus a typical client you know uh, relationship no i don't i don't think so he gave me a lot of liberties in the beginning and um but yeah being that it was more uh a blurred line between friendship and client so it was it wasn't as formal but there were a lot more check-ins. So like with a normal client right now, I, I would put together my presentations for each round and all, all of this stuff in between our creative. But with Corey, it was literally like texting these little sketches here and there. And um, it was him drawing out stuff. It was me drawing out stuff. Uh, so he, he can draw. So I don't know if you knew that, but they, uh, him and uh, Casey did a collaboration together and they drew each other's labels. That was pretty funny. Okay. But no, it, it was. Um, I, I we didn't have any issues, at least on my end, <laughs> in the beginning. And it's yeah, it's become very, very fluid now. Uh, and I think what helps is the uh, amount of communication that we do have. Okay, yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah I was going to ask about the uh, the Casey Cypress collaborations and the the hand drawn hand drawn labels there. That's kind of cool. Cool to know. Oh man, it was fantastic. I remember whenever they were chatting about that and he goes uh yeah we got a new beer. he always tells me he always has like a laundry let's hear the beers that are coming start thinking about this and i think jamming was the our leaner might have been the first one he's like you don't have to worry about this i'm gonna draw this one and i just kind of started laughing he's like no nah, i'm serious i went and bought some colored pencils and troy is gonna sit down and draw his and i'm gonna draw mine uh so that was fantastic uh so those are those are probably two of my favorite labels and that I haven't even done anything on them. That's great. Yeah. You should show one day like, uh, I got the brewing today, man. Don't worry. I, I got this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I got, don't worry. I'm doing the tastings today. It's fine. We're good. We're good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And I actually recently started working with Troy on some things and it's just funny that he's making, um, he had some adaptations to Jammy and Leaner coming. It's just funny. I got to work on his labels too. So I'm working on both of those labels and I haven't done really any of the artwork for them. Well, that's great. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I love, you know, that's another brewery I, I love also. They're really great. I have a friend of ours goes to, um, goes to Colorado every summer. And so I always, it's always nice to, to get a few of those. They're delicious. Oh yeah, for sure. And we are back. You are still listening to the 16 ounce canvas, the art of craft beer podcast. I find it funny that like when you come back, you're listening to a podcast. So it's like you might have like changed the radio station or clicked some other place. You made a decision, which, once again, we thank you so much for that decision. But you made the decision to listen to us, and then I'm reminding you where you are. I don't know. That goes along with some of the ideas that in speaking with some of the artists, different breweries have different approaches, but some of them and their idea to go 
further with the art is that they don't need to have it be a, a billboard, so to speak. So it doesn't need to have the, the brand name or everything all over it because folks are already going and getting it at the brewery. So there's an inferred branding already by you being in the location. So there's no need to say brewery, yay, like in huge font and then like, you know, everything about it. So it allows them to use the canvas uh -huh, for or to its fullest, excuse me. So it's really an interesting approach. There's different ways of looking at it, but you're still listening to the 16 ounce canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. They say repetition kind of gets into your head and then it allows allows you to kind of have that recall so maybe we're just actively doing that and you're just thinking 16 ounce canvas and so that's what we're trying to do we're trying to build it into your head but you get us out 16 oz canvas 16 oz canvas hashtag it up whenever you're throwing out your pictures your your beer grams your beer porn your label art whatever you're into or if you're an artist you know tag us too we'd love to see what you're doing there we know others have done that Thanks to Steve, he's been doing that for a bit now. He's kind of one of the originators of the tagging us in his work so we can see what he's up to. I really enjoy speaking with Tim uh, to get back on track here. It was really enjoyable and insightful. And like I said, it's something different, you know, a different approach to what we're doing here and really unique. On top of that, I really like Tim's photography. I mean, a lot of those artists that he's featuring on his website, you know, Avid Brothers, you know, Mumford and Son, Alabama Shakes. There's just, you know, Daft Punk, you can't go wrong with that. You know, and he was talking about, you know, Austin City Limits and getting to really record or, or shoot all of these artists. So we have a lot in common. It was a great conversation. It's really nice to learn about how he's been working with Corey for so long, you know, the friendship that they have. And then coming up in this next part, you're going to learn a little bit more about Shared which is a yeah, new brand brewery, you know, in conjunction with uh, the team at Side Project, and it's really exciting. I just think it's, we'll talk about that, but I don't want to, you know, spoil it. I think it's just really beautiful and really encouraging and something really positive that, you know, if you're listening, Corey, and if you're listening, Karen, you know, I think it's just a beautiful thing what you're doing there, and I think it's really just to support the family and, you know, the people that you work with to, you know, be successful and to you know, take chances and be able to do it in a safer environment under your guidance and kind of encouragement and not it being seen as like leaving or breaking up. I think it's really wonderful. So you're listening to the 16 ounce canvas episode number 27 featuring the multi-talented artist Tim Bachin. You can check him out on the World Wide Web at Tim, T-I-M Bachin, B-O-T-T-C-H-E-N. And then if you want to kind of follow along in real time, you can also check him out via Instagram, Slow. So that's his username, Slow. So bees, as in the buzz, B-E-E-S-L-O. And now, part two, right here, episode 27, 16-ounce canvas, Tim Botchin, I'm AJ, you're you, enjoy. Now, the, the hand-drawn lettering is there, do you have almost like an alphabet that you have fully done or is that, you know, do you already have each letter laid out, the kind of the capital and the lowercase depending on where the, the names go or how's, how do you set that up? Right. Like making sure that so when we started, yeah. So when we started that, um, there was a base, uh, font that we purchased for commercial use and it was, uh, sort of what we were looking for. It was a good base for, um, a, a very elegant scripted font. 
And so what I started doing was, um, I don't know if you're familiar, but you can kind of break down fonts and do your own lettering off of them. So that's what I was doing is sort of spelling out some things, especially beer names. And then in Illustrator, I was illustrating over them and kind of adding these embellishments and um, sort of these scripts that kind of go on and intertwine together. So at this point, with as much beer they are brewing and the different types of beers and the different names, I almost am, I think I am at the point where I have everything, almost every letter that I've done in some way, shape, or form as a uppercase, lowercase, intertwined, all that stuff. So yeah, now it's like puzzle pieces, putting it together and making sure it works. Um, but it's still, it's just so much fun because it's such a, uh, it's such a fluid font and it, it, it's just so fun to put together whenever NL Corey has, you know, like I said, he always has this laundry list of things in his head of the beers that are coming and they're working on names. And then whenever I get those names, I just, it just starts going in my head like, Oh yeah, I'm going to have this kind of flow through here and have this blend in here. And so it's, it's a lot of fun and it's kind of become a little noticeable thing for side project. Yeah, I think because I'm looking at the if you go to the sideprojectbrewing.com, you see the beers and I a nice little subtlety I just picked up on while while discussing with you is there the beers are in alphabetical order, which I kind of maybe that's what made me think of that question when I was talking to you. It's kind of <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's got there's so many beers. It's like how are we gonna organize these? That that was another thing too. Thinking about it from a design standpoint, whenever we were putting together the page like you know we have the wine barrel fermented or um, aging and then we have the spirit barrel fermenting or aging so it's kind of like how do we classify all these and like shit let's just do alphabetical order (laughs) (laughs) yeah because i was like oh a b i'm like oh this is going i'm like wow this is a weird coincidence and then i'm like oh this is an alphabetical (laughs) order yeah Yeah. way to go aj nice work yeah (laughs) now from a kind of a project management or organizational standpoint, which I think is kind of underappreciated sometimes. What is the the process there? You said he, he gives you kind of a list of names to think about. How much time is it from Corey saying, you know, this new beer is going to be coming out to when the label has to come out? Uh, that does kind of shift. So obviously side project all has a little bit of aging to it. Um, especially if there's any fruits involved, there's a lot of finessing to the tasting and, um, knowing when the beer is going to be ready and then so now at least if i get the background of the beer i'm going to know a little bit of where it's going to fall and the design of the label but then we have to think about um printing so we gotta um we work with prime packaging and adam has been fantastic with us he's he's gotten to be to where um i can just text him and then Corey can just get on with him and get on an email chain with him and we can work out when things need to be printed and how he needs to get the files but we kind of need to work backwards from that um think about when they want to release it so we kind of think about a a release date we work back on getting printed get the bottles labeled um so with side project i get you know a good few weeks maybe even into a month or so now with shared um those are quicker turn beers and so under the shared brand um, those labels need to go a little faster because the beer doesn't sit as long. 
and they are getting that out sometimes days within canning or bottling. So that is a lot tighter. And those are the ones where it's kind of like, okay, this goes to the top of the list. This needs to be worked on within the next day or two. Okay. And then for, for folks at home, one of the cool things was learning about shared and there's a great, uh, a blog post by, by Corey just kind of, I don't know, to me that was really, it was, it was touching because it was just kind of obviously in the business, you want to have the best employees and the best folks who work for you, you know, present company included. And so the idea that to see that and support individuals growth and not see it, you know, as impacting their brand and supporting that, I think is really just wonderful. We'll link, we'll find a, we'll put the link up with the article, but it just kind of really insightful uh, to me and kind of gives an overall theme of, you know, without having met Corey and, and his wife, you know, just kind of that, you know, the overall vibe of what's going on there. And I just thought it was really, I just thought it was really nice to not just to read that. It was just kind of, it was, I don't know, it was touching in a way because I, I just think that. Oh, very much so. I'm glad you pointed it out, AJ. A lot of people ask what Shared is about and I don't even try to, um, chop it up at all. I usually send people to that blog post because like you say, it is very, very much um, a heartfelt thing and they describe it so well there that um, it's the best way to understand what they are doing with that brand. Yeah. I, I, I was, I mean, I was just kind of trying to figure it out and I, I was excited selfishly because, okay, now they have cans and it fits into what, you know, into another, <laughs> another Avenue to talk to, to Tim ship. about and um, no, I was I dude. I given up on the trading stuff for, for a little while. I'm taking a little pause, but no, I was just excited because you know I was like, oh wow, now Tim's also doing cans. Like he's got this additional level of versatility we can talk about. And then I was like, well, what like shared? I'm like, what's that all about? And so if you go there, I mean, it's just a simple post that says shared, and it it wants people to take risks. It wants it kind of give them in a way, it gives them a safety net and a, a trust. A, you know, to, to explore and evolve as, you know, individuals and professionals. And so it's really, very so. it's very rare to see that. I mean, cause like I said, when you start your own business in a way, you can be very self-centered and not in like a negative way, but you're just trying to make sure that you're maximizing and have the best. And so to not only see that, I mean, but to, I guess to be a, a brand that's called side project to see, you know, that's kind of in and of itself to be on, you know, to, to evolve from out of something else. So I guess in a way it's, very it's a very natural thing. And so that name shared simple again, but, uh, it's really, really cool. Yeah. And you know, side project, not that it's been a, around so long, but it, it's very established in its branding and in its beer that it's being brewed under. So once shared came along, it's been so much fun to explore these different things. And, you know, uh, Tommy, Brian are brewing some fantastic beers under it. And then some of the other employees are even brewing some other beers under it and just having a lot of fun with uh, different recipes. And then also what it looks like, what it sounds like. So some of the branding is really taking some risk with some, some different color schemes and, and different naming conventions and that sort of thing. Yeah. Now can, can you give a little insight into the logo? What's what the it's. Yeah. So that's what, um, so whenever that was, that was another thing. Whenever Corey and Karen started talking about this new brand, I had to really, uh, I had them sit down and explain it to me because I didn't understand any of that. And so once I got a grasp of it, then I started, that was my first question. It was like, what do we want this to look like? And what do we want it to sound like? And what do we want it to convey? And so once I got some background on it, we started talking about names 
And um, I believe it was Karen that just, you know, she kept saying how she was, how everyone was sharing when it came to this brand. And I think it was her that just said, let's just call it shared. And so um, as far as the look and feel, we talked about how, you know, this is going to be a lot different than side projects. Side projects uh, from a stand, uh, branding standpoint is sort of rustic at time. It, it, it's very refined also in some of the lettering. It's very fluid. It has an established look and feel. So we looked at some things that would might contrast that. We looked at some bolder colors. We looked at bolder shapes, uh, sort of geometrics. And when you look at the actual shared logo, it's actually a little nod to the thought process behind shared. So it's, it's sort of a stripped down version of a building, a geometric building with another building behind it. So it's sort of the brewery giving another one and another one and another one. So it's sort of a, yeah, a nod to shared. So it's somebody putting into it and it's growing and it's continuing to go. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, I love, again, I love the simplicity of it. Yeah, to me, it looked, I saw the sideways view of it. I didn't know if it was steps, kind of like a building block, you know, building, th you know, uh, block yeah. aspect to it. But yeah, I really like it. I like the metallic kind of how the labels have that like uh, gold and you know, silver shine to them. And and uh, I don't know if they're cells or honeycombs, but that kind of, you know, those, again, there's simple uh, geometrics that are kind of part of the, your background also yeah and that's another thing that we went we kind of pushed the label process um they can look very uh bold and simple from afar but when you get close we have a lot yeah we have some metallic backing we have some matte coating we have some varnish uh there's a lot of different layering to those uh labels that have some nice little subtleties when you're actually holding them in their in your hand and then when they condensate and they get some some water on the outside they, they look fantastic so again that's a nod to our partners at prime they do a great job on our labels yeah as i, I never thought i would know so much about labels than i do so to <laughs> to see that to know that like again i mean to take a couple of steps back you know my recently i've kind of had another level of an epiphany is just that in breweries and you know taking that extra step with with the labels you know and having artists and designers take it to another level it's another level of investment on a, on a product that's not perishable you know so it's it it's only has a short shelf life i mean obviously if you sell it we can spin that off all day but you know it's these things that all this extra level of details in something that when this when your product is fully enjoyed it's gone so it's really it's really to me it's it's really a thoughtful and extra level of detail that you know gets lost once it's once it's finished Oh, sure. Yeah. And then, I mean, I'm sure you've talked to plenty of brewers and they can go on for days and days about their brewing and their process and their beer. And, um, yeah, some people, some breweries do invest in their, their branding and their design and all of that. And if you talk to a designer that's working on those beers, they'll talk to you for days and days about the label that wraps around the outside of that beer. Yeah, it's great. And even some of the labels, I mean, looking at one of the, the uh, beers on the website, the double barrel uh, deriv derivation, or yeah, I'm butchering derivation. Derivation, yeah, yeah. Derivation. yeah I mean, I, I don't have that in my hand, but you can even just from the photograph, you can see that there's you know the images raised and some of the you know the the, the label work there. It's real, you know, it's it's really 
again, I, I hate I hate calling it simple, Tim, because I feel like that's just a minimizing <laughs> minimizing word. But I just think it's really simple how it's the background depending on how you look at it you know if you look the photographs the website do it really great justice because the one angle of it you just see the the glowing you know cellared you know light bulb but then when you look at it you can see you can see the raised background of it and actually when you hold it you can feel that so i just i i love i love the simplicity of it and so so i just want no i i take simplicity as a compliment and i think Corey would too um that's sort of a um a tangent on where the regular derivation label is. So if you look at regular derivation next to a double barrel derivation, we were trying to simplify it. We looked at all the elements to the design of the bottle and said, how do we strip this down to be the simplest form and still show that it's side project and that it's a, you know, I don't know if double barrel, double barrel derivation will come again. So it's one of the top beers that he has as far as his time and investment. So that's what we want. We wanted it to show that way. So yeah, there is a uh, hot foil gold stamp that the light bulb was embossed in. And then there is a bear, uh, a barrel that is embossed behind it. And it is a very thick um, matte finished paper. And, and then it's, you know, black wax dipped and it's just a very beautiful looking bottle once it's finished yeah i mean it's i know it's a a bottle but it's it's looked really sexy like it's really great it looks great you know like it's great yeah excellent now you mentioned you're working with casey are there other breweries that you're you're working with i mean or is just i mean you seem pretty busy as it is but i'm always curious um yeah i mean it, it comes here and there um there are some other breweries that I've done little projects for. Um, I recently got hooked up to with um, Fooder Crafters, and I do a lot of work for them. If you're not familiar, they're, um, they're here in the St. Louis area, and they build the wooden fooders at a lot of breweries. And um, uh, okay. I guess some wineries and distilleries they're using now, too. Uh, but I do some photography for them. And then I also kind of contract out for some different beer publications like beer advocate i do projects here and there for them um photographing um different you know beer related projects that are in the area oh excellent yeah 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 yeah, there's definitely the the fooderies have been uh have become a growing growing trend yeah they're they're popping up uh, a lot of the breweries is the kind of the next level of things so it's, it's cool to see that oh yeah definitely it's very fun working with those guys Excellent. Now, obviously, yeah, working working for this great brewery. What are your has has definitely have some perks, and even in your bio on the website, it says, you know, they'll find you with a one hand having a beer and the other hand <laughs> having your camera, which is funny because knowing you wrote your the website, you know, it's it's kind of it's kind of funny that that's your your bio as the guy who puts everything up on the website. So I think that's that, that was good for a laugh. Yeah, I actually, I I think I asked Karen to write my bio. Oh, that's a good. That's a good move. Uh, up with that line, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Yeah, yeah. Karen's killing it, right? You know, so yeah. Definitely. Oh yeah. Um, like yeah. Talk about perk. Like it is. Um, they are two very, very educated and smart people, um, and they run their business very well. And I feel like they just create this energy that attracts great employees and a great culture. Um, 
clearly I'm not like a full-time uh, nine to fiver there, but I do go in there quite often and it's just fun, um, you know, helping out with the releases or um, helping out getting something prepped for an event or just hanging out, not helping and drinking and taking pictures. So uh, it, it, there are a lot of great perks and um, I do get to taste a lot of great beer. And that's, what's funny is, I am by far the least educated when it comes to beer, especially in that group of people. Uh, but that just means that I learn so much every time I'm there. So it's just great uh, popping in there on, you know, like a Thursday or Friday afternoon and they're testing out a new beer or they're popping bottles to taste something that has been sitting for a little bit. Um, it's just, it's, fantastic to get there to get to sit there and drink and soak in all that knowledge of all of the brewers the bartenders all those gals that run the cellar are super super smart and every time I go in there I just kind of tell them to give me something that uh they like and what they've been drinking lately and get to soak it all in it sounds like a yeah a great place to to be and I agree I think that people make people make make a make the experience even even better and i i know i know what i like for good beer but i i can't i i feel much more comfortable talking to the designers than i do the brewers which i kind of, <laughs> I kind of come to learn because i mean i went to school for you know business marketing and i you know i did some work with bands and you know when you when you kind of are at that early stages it's kind of like all hands on deck and you know if if, sure. you're, if you're the best, if you're the best web guy, like, or maybe the only web guy, then you become the webmaster all of a sudden, you know, if you're the only guy that knows how to work <laughs> Photoshop, you might not be good at it, but you know, you have access to it. So then you got to hack something together, but I've tried home brewing. Um, I, I, I tip my cap, you know, I've uh, had several that were volatile and it kind of exploded in the basement, but I mean, yeah. and that was fun, but like, I can't talk mash and grain and this, that, and the other. No. So kind of like, oh, yeah, I kind of, I kind of cringe at that because I, I don't like to be in a conversation where I just have to like smile because I'm not pretty. So like, I can't just smile and look pretty. So I just kind of have to be like, let's hope this works out. You know? Okay. Thank you. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, that's where I start asking a lot of questions. That's what I always, I feel like I apologize to the brewers because I'm bombarding them with questions of what I'm tasting and how it's like that, why it's like that. And you're like, no, it doesn't taste like that. Why would you say that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is like, supposed to taste like this. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't think so, buddy. No. <laughs> yeah, your candor could actually be like a good, like, oh, okay, well then uh, Tim says we can't release this one. <laughs> right. <laughs> Get dirty looks on, yeah, all the forums. Mm -hmm. Side Project canceled a release today. Oh, it's unknown <laughs> reasoning, yeah. Excellent. Now, I, as I said, in a former life, I did some you know, music and radio. Is there, what is your process like? Are you, I mean, obviously you're the live music guys. So, but when you're creating the labels and, and designs for, for, you know, side project and share, are you listening to tunes? Or are you kind of a serenity? Yeah, now? I think so. it, it kind of depends on, um, sometimes, uh, I like to get some things done early in the morning before, um, get my day going especially with the little one now at home she keeps me on my toes so uh, my wife and I are kind of running around following her but if I get up early enough I like to just have my coffee and listen to some music while I'm going through some designs or even uh, if I do get the time after everyone goes to bed that's when I put on the headphones and yeah I usually listen to music uh, I do listen to talk radio sometimes 
um, coffee uh, usually in the mornings. And then it's always fun too, if I'm able to drink one of the beers that I'm designing. So sometimes um, we'll go through some, some little label designs here and there, or maybe it'll be another blend or maybe it's even a collaboration. There's been a lot more collaborations recently. So it's breweries that I'm aware of and it's breweries that I drink from time to time, but I think that's when I really focus on them. Uh, so that's been fantastic. So I'll sit down and maybe crack one of the beers from the collaborative brewery. And, you know, and then I'm, if I'm lucky enough, I'll stop by the brewery when that brewer is there and him and Corey are sitting there and brewing and talking. So all of that just sort of feeds into how I am designing. So whenever all those stars align, it's, it's, it's pretty fun. Yeah, that sounds pretty fun to me. Now, what what uh, <laughs> if you go to the if you go to the website? Obviously, some of the artists. But what what kind of what what artists are you listening to? Um. Yeah. So if you look at some of the bands I've shot, that sort of um, gives you a feel. But yeah, the Avid Brothers uh, have always been a favorite of mine. So they kind of feed in and out. Uh, I did grow up on quite a bit of classic rock. So that will weave in there. Uh, recently, been really digging uh, Portugal the Man. So I like putting them on, especially on like Spotify. And then I'm finding some other bands that sound similar to that. Uh, kind of depends on the mood. All right. So yeah. No, it was good because I, I would say I think only maybe one or two of the bands on there, like at least on the, the, the first load. I think I hadn't seen The Weeknd yet, which I would like to see, and also um, Alabama Shakes. Yeah, those are two that I definitely dig that I haven't yeah. had a chance to check out yet, love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was lucky enough to shoot um, Austin City Limits a couple years ago, and that was just fantastic, and it was such an overload because it's, I don't know, however many bands. I mean, I must have shot 15 to 20 of them a day, and it's a three-day festival, so that that was a lot of fun. Yeah, that I was gonna say. I, I was just thinking, like, wow, all those bands you've l- lucked out. So yeah, I definitely can see. I know how big festivals <laughs> like that are from a just from a consumer perspective. It's definitely intense overload, just trying to figure out how you're gonna see everybody. So I can only imagine having to right. be shooting all <laughs> yeah. the photos. Now, how does that typically work? Is it, it depends on the, obviously the band, but some they give you a certain number of songs you can you know be in the in the pit for. Is it? I know it varies. Yeah, it's bands. usually you get hooked up with the publication. Um, that is basically hiring you out to photograph for them. So that will get you press access to a lot of these shows. And then, yeah, usually the standard is the first three songs, no flash. And um, it's usually from the pit, which is where the security guards are right in front of the stage. So it's literally you're lined up and the band comes out, they let you go in. It's sort of a, chaotic because at festivals there could be 15 20 to 30 photographers depending on the act and they're ushering you around and then um sometimes it's one most of the time it's three songs and then they kick you out um so you know if you go to shoot one band at a major stadium or a, a show locally you know you're lining up and you're all there just to shoot for sometimes it's seven eight 10 minutes and then you get kicked out. So uh, it's very quick. It's a lot of energy. 
even if the band is a is a low key band, you still have to be ready to go and be able to get your shots in that short amount of time. Yeah, especially yeah, definitely, and it's interesting because you know some bands start off slow and they build up to the you know the big, big more rock yeah. and stuff. So you have to really capture it. Now, from I'm at my most camera knowledge is I used to. I used to be a photography teacher at a, at a summer camp. Now I say that very limited. Oh wow! I very whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. yeah. Well, we're not yeah. Very limited. Um, it was one of the best summers I ever had. I worked at this summer camp, and they needed. It was I was a counselor, and it was like okay, we need specialists. And I was like, uh, they said we'll pay you more, and I could teach photography for the summer. So I mean, obviously it was young children, so like the the level of uh, expectation was pretty low. But it was, I mean, that was when I, it was film and we're probably about the same age as, you know, I had my Pentec and they gave me like yeah. 12 Pentecs and it was, that was one of the best experiences oh, for me in my yeah. life. Yeah. So right. if, that was what, that was my very first good 35 millimeter was a Pentex. Yeah. Yeah. I remember right out of college, like when eBay was kind of like, I mean, eBay's still there. It hasn't gone anywhere, but when it was like peaked, I remember just being like, you know what? I want to get one of those cameras. That was like a. That just bring, like every time I think of a Pentag, it just makes me smile and feel like happy. So I, I have yeah. one. Uh, you know, I, if I'll find like an old roll of film, like unused somewhere every once in a while, I'll just go like shoot it and just like it, it's it's such a, it's just a great feeling. But for all the yeah. for all the gearheads out there, what are you what are you shooting with? Like what is the, what is your in your arsenal? I know that's probably something that folks would really kind of be curious. Oh about. yeah, uh, I do shoot Canon. Um, just because I feel like I started, like I said, my Pentax was my first 35 millimeter. And then um, I moved on to Canon and then jumped into digital with Canon. So I have a 60 at home and a 24 to 70 and then a 70 to 200. I'd say the 24 to 70 is on there 75% of the time. I do have some primes that I shoot with every once in a while, uh, 35s and 50s. I have some old film primes um that i have adapted for digital and those are fun to play with especially with the beers because they're not moving subjects so you can really take your time and manually focus on those and some of that old glass gives a really nice look that digital doesn't always give and then um i do have access to some other canons um, through work so uh, 5d mark IV and the 1dx and that kind of stuff but i don't all the bells and whistles i don't always get into especially when i'm shooting beer i can really take my time and and move my way around so i usually use the 60 and the 24 to 70. awesome yeah your your shooting is complete extremes right the the beer which doesn't move and you're <laughs> you're in control of or like all right tim capture the essence of this artist in you know maybe seven eight minutes you're like ready go Right, yeah. <laughs> Throwing elbows and moving around or, or just like someone coming in and being like, what are you doing with that bottle? I'm like, yeah. Now, do you usually shoot the <laughs> bottles at the at the brewery? Do you have a spot there, like a little setup? Yeah, that's that's fun too is that um, sometimes I'll just walk in there and go to the stockpile of where the finished beers are and then they have quite a bit of beers on display now, so I'll just grab some bottles and clean them up and kind of um, – there. it's a very big open – well – not very big. It's an open brewery has a lot of natural light. And then he has some beautiful barrels. And like I say, the fooders from fooder crafters, they did this great racking system where they're all horizontal and it's just beautiful Missouri Oak and um, 
just kind of, I go back there and kind of see where the light is, where it's coming in, usually later in the day, and just kind of play around back there. And then sometimes I'll go in the tasting room and set up on a table and get some glasses out, or I'll even go over to the cellar. We've shot a lot of product shots over at the cellar. Um, yeah, it's just kind of whatever I'm feeling that day. And then I always kind of look at, at the light and see where it's, where it's hidden and what it's doing. Sometimes it's nice to push that through some of the saisons because they have beautiful color to them, especially if they have any fruit in them. Um, it's amazing what this beer looks like whenever it's poured out of the bottle. So if I can get any of that essence through the bottle or in a glass, I try and do it. Excellent. Yeah. And I noticed on the website, there's like the nice white, uh, you know, tile backdrop too, which I think is really kind of helps the, the beers pop for those, those photos as well. So yeah, oh, I yeah. definitely, uh, I'm, I'm a fan. So I, I, again, I thank you so yeah. much for, for taking the time. Oh yeah. It's, it's been fun, AJ. So uh, excellent. Uh, I didn't, I didn't ask. Yeah, as a, as a, yeah, yeah. How old is your, your daughter? She just hit a year. Oh so man. She, and she's, uh, walking and I was going to so say she's all over the place. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. My, uh, my random business idea for people with kids is to have people with older kids bring their kids over to see how really, uh, childproof their houses. I think that's, that's my, my idea. Ah, that is a good idea. I've already seen a little bit of that. I could see where that would be helpful. Yeah, yeah right. You bring so like a two year old over, and it's like, oh, yeah. You think like everything is like this perfect vacuum. Like, oh, if they like, and they find ways to get it. Yeah, my my youngest, oh, yeah. my youngest just was happy to show me yesterday that he cracked the uh, the childproof lock we have on all the, the snacks. <laughs> <laughs> And it wasn't the way. Proud of that too. Yeah, he wasn't. He it wasn't really the way like it was supposed to. Like he like he pushes it, and then like I think he puts all of his force on it. Like so, it's like this, Mm -hmm. and it just popped open. He was like, "See, Dad," because I'm like, "How is they getting these graham crackers or these?" You know, (laughs) I'm like, "Shit, this is not good." Yeah, and so he was. I was like, "Dad, how did you do that?" He's like, "So I locked it and I watched them, and it was." it wasn't like it wasn't as smooth as like Houdini getting out of the safe, but like he got it to work. <laughs> yeah, that's a great idea. I have a nephew that's five that's just a couple blocks away, so I need to have him come over and let him loose on the place. Oh yeah, well, and then I'll let you go. But the, my my favorite memory was I have a friend who has kids that are older, and I was vi- I was visiting, and my oldest was probably like two, and he had three kids at that point, which I, to, in my head it was like it was about to explode. And I'm sitting on the couch and his kids are diving off of things and jumping and like free rain. I was like, I'm like trying to catch them. And the two of them I look yeah. over are just sitting there with their feet up and they go, Oh, they go, you only have one. And they just start like, and they like devilishly like laugh at me. Like, Haha, you have no idea. And I was like, Oh, you know, and then when I had my second, you kind of like, eh, you know, like, is it? Yeah. Yeah. You start understanding. Yeah. You figure out, do I really need to go to the hospital? Do I really need to, you know, like I, I've I've already called the you know poison control before. That's not really like a thing I need to call them for on the you know this one. So you know. yeah. Well, I, I thank you so much, Tim. It was really really interesting, and I really love learning about you know your process and just you as an artist. And you know, I don't know next time I'll be in Missouri, but if I if I do, I'll be sure to sure to reach out. I'd love to you know have a beer in three D. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. And keep up the good work. Uh, We've had a lot of great articles so far, so I'm looking forward to the new ones. Thanks, man. Yeah, you're part of the the third 12-pack. We've got a 
a good chunk of artists lined up for the fourth, you know, um, and a few folks internationally now. So it's really, really exciting. We're going to see where it goes. Very cool. All right. Well, you have a great day. And again, thank you so much. I really, I really enjoyed learning about, learning about it. And, uh, tell everybody over there, you know, keep up the good work on their side and, uh, hopefully I'll get to come visit soon. Definitely will. Thank you very much, AJ. All right. Talk to you soon, Tim. Thanks. And there you have it, folks. The essential Tim Botchin interview right here on the 16-ounce canvas. Big thanks for Tim for making himself available. It was really nice to get a different perspective, work with an artist in a different medium. And I really just love that he's responsible for the website, does the label work, you know, all the photos. And it just really kind of allows it to be this robust, full circle, you know, branding and imaging you know of the brewery you know i love the simple you know light logo i think it's great you know as we talked about it reminds me of you, know, you go down to an older basement and you know you kind of pull out you know the the drawstring you know, light you know it's kind of not these um you know energy efficient bulbs you know it's kind of got a little old school to it a little flicker you know and it's just really you know dark and very seller like so i just think it's really really simple the one you know with the the, the gold you know the gold foil one, uh, bottle is just that to me i mean obviously it's one of their most sought after beers in and of itself but just the the design uh to me that that was over the top i mean i just i really really love that one so the the double derivation double barrel excuse me just you know works on so many levels you know the raised you know, the paper, the different style, the the wax, it's just, it's really elegant. So if you haven't got a chance to, check out the brewery, sideprojectbrewing.com. If you're ever in the local area and you want to uh, pick us up a few bottles, we will not say no to that. So definitely um, shameless, shameless, shameless plug right there for anyone who wants to trade some side project. Shoot me an email, aj at 16 oz canvas.com it was really nice you know i think that just learning about these different processes has been really enjoyable for me i feel that i'm learning each week you know learning about printing and design and creativity and taking chances and being an entrepreneur you know kind of work-life balance friendship I think we have a lot, a lot of cool things to take away. And each week we have a different little bit, you know, something little, little news learned or reinforced or allows me to sound more intelligent when talking to folks like Tim because of other conversations that we've had. So it's great. We're really having a great time. We're just getting started. Episode 27, and it would be crazy to say, but I think that we might be able to get you at least 27 more. So that is the goal. We're recording, researching all the time. We're trying to bring new artists to the forefront, try to introduce them, get them out of their shell. Obviously, their art is the is the key driving factor and does the talking for them, but we would love to you know, meet you if you're an artist out there and we'd love to have you on the program. So this is the 16-ounce canvas, 16ozcanvas.com. If you're listening to this and you're enjoying yourself and wherever you may be, you know, whatever your podcast medium is, you know, do us a small favor, maybe leave a rating or ranking or 
the stars. I hear five stars is cooler, but if you're, you know, today's only a three-star day, you know, we'll take it. Just the fact you're taking your time, it would mean a lot more if it was higher. But we're not here for, uh, you know, we're not going to be taking over the iTunes charts, but it'd be great. You know, we're growing organically. We're growing as a community. You know, the 16-ounce doodle or die has definitely helped, you know, increase some of our listenership. You know, each week we're trying to, you know, push things forward, grow a little bit. But also, you know, our f- focus and our goal here is to you know, introduce you to artists, let you know about them, let you know what they're doing and how they you know, brought that to life. You know, especially with with Side Project, with this such a sought after beer, you know, so much work and, you know, love goes into that, you know, the aging process, you know, beer they're making today might not, you know, be available for for two years. So just imagine that do something that you love, something you're passionate about whatever it may be, whatever deliverable it is. And then you can't share that with the world for two years. Like, I was like, this is episode 27, and we recorded this in 2015. Here you go. Enjoy. So just something to think about once again. Hope you hold that beer, hold that bottle in your hand just a few seconds longer and appreciate all the hard work from the brewery to the artist to the sales guy, to the folks in the you know the tap room, everyone's you know a lot of love, a lot of effort goes into that, and so just take an extra second to appreciate that. That is the true art of craft beer, and we thank you, and we will see you next week. So until next time, the podcast is over. This week's episode is in honor of my late mother-in-law, Audrey Barris. Audrey passed away early Tuesday morning, September 19th. Audrey was loved by all, and she was a wonderful woman. This small tribute will not do her the justice that she deserves, but know that she will be missed, and she has impacted so many of this, myself included. I now live in Connecticut, having grown up in the Philadelphia area, which we talk about each week. Family is very important to me as our friendships. And to be away from my family for, for so long, she always made me feel like I had a place that was my own, that was home base for me. And she was always there whenever I needed her. She was a wonderful friend, mother to my wife, and grandmother to my children. We miss her already. It's only been a short time. And depending on you listen to this, I can guarantee you that we will still miss her and there will be a void that will never be filled. She was always supportive of my endeavors, professionally and personally. Always there to talk. Always there to make me smile. And always there to make sure that we got to watch football on Sundays at her house. Audrey's missed. I miss her immensely. So I thought it was only fitting just to do a small tribute and let you all folks know about somebody who's important to all of us. Rest in peace, Audrey.